Good evening, saints. Welcome uh, again to our Bible study, where we're going to be uh, spending some time in the book of Hebrews. But before we do so, it's always a good thing to, uh, after a very long day, to spend time to sing and open our heart and spirit to the Lord. So maybe what we could do is uh, we could begin with uh, singing hymn number 541. Although we are muted, uh, but our spirit is not muted. Um, we could exercise even behind uh, the, uh, the webcams just to open our being to the Lord, to touch the Lord. Teaching can't enliven us or transform right. us. Amen. Oh, praise amen. the Lord. But Christ can quicken us. Christ can transform amen. us. Oh, yeah. He saves us from oh. strife. Wow. Amen. Yes, amen. it is Christ as spirit gives us life divine. Amen. Us to live the life of God's design. Amen. 
Amen. No function can replace Christ, only Christ himself. Amen. Oh, Lord, you are our all and in all. Amen. 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 Not really, even Christianity can fulfill God's purpose. But the Christ within us is our all and all. It is God wishes and his Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are for the Christ of life. Amen. We don't have love letters. We have the Christ of life. Amen. Amen. Oh, Christ is superior to Moses. He's Amen. superior to the law. Amen. Amen. Oh, we, the law is just a shadow of Christ. Amen. All the things of the law are the shadow pointing to Christ. The body is of Christ. It's Colossians Amen. 2 16 17. Amen. Wow. Oh, it is Christ. Amen. Amen. Look at Christ. Amen. Amen. Our need is the Christ of life. Amen. 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 Oh, is... God desires to give this Christ life to us. Amen. Amen. It, is, it is Christ as the Spirit gives us life divine. Amen. Christ as the Spirit gives us life divine. Amen. 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 Any kind of teaching, any kind of, of form cannot be can be. Amen. Oh, our soul transform. It is as the spirit. Amen. Given us life divine. Amen. Christ is the spirit. Amen. Amen. Christ as the spirit. I'm not sure if you saints have had a chance to, to sing this before. Uh, and also, I'm not sure how your spirit is. Is your being a little more open? Um, I was thinking we could sing it again to open more. You know, open the layers of our being, open our mouth, open our heart, and open our spirit.
only Christ himself must be our all in all. Amen. Only Christ himself in all things, great or small. Amen. 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 Only Christ must be our all in all. Amen. 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 I am the Lord in grace. Amen. Any kind of teaching, any kind of form, Amen. cannot quicken the spirit. Amen. Christ the Spirit gives us life divine. Amen. 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 Oh, not the law of letters, but the Christ right. of life. Amen. Life is to give Amen. us. Amen. Amen. Saving Amen. us from life. Right. Oh, praise you, Lord. It's not a doctrine, but Christ Amen. Himself. Amen. 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 Christ of life. Oh. So stanza one says, not the law of letters God desires to give us. So Moses gave them a law, and the Jewish people in the time of Hebrews had the law of letters. Um, but that letter could is not what God desired to give them. Even sometimes we make our own letters, our own laws. And then we have a big strife in our, in our soul if we fail to keep our own laws or our own letters or our own little things. Yeah, it's so good that it's the, the Lord wants to give us the price of life. Our own laws and Moses' laws doesn't have the life. And in, in the second stanza, it says any kind of teaching. There's a lot of teachings in, in religion and also out of religion of how to, how to live and how to... Um, I don't know how to try and be like live a great life and stuff, but those teachings, even if you follow the teachings and you manage to do what the teaching says, your spirit is still deadened and your soul is still not really transformed. All you're doing is following some teachings. But hallelujah, we are partakers of a heavenly calling, not of earthly teachings. So we can partake of Christ as the spirit who gives us life divine to live a life full of the divine life that God desires us to live. And in stanza three, similar to stanza two, not only is there teachings, but there's also all kinds of philosophies. And they try to insert some kind of inspirational philosophical element for us to live. But just, just the same, um, just like with the, the dead teachings, even if we kind of follow the philosophy or we read the philosophy, 
at the result, it won't conform us to Christ. Only Christ himself um, can make us the bride, make us the wife of Christ, make us his counterpart, his complement. That's so rich. We have a living Christ in our spirit. Wow. Amen. What a, what a, what a gift to us. We become his members and his complement. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, so um, maybe what we could do now is um, uh, read the verses that we're going to be touching tonight. And I think uh, it's to, just to be safe, uh, we can read all of chapter 3 of Hebrews and chapter 4, verse 9. So from chapter four, only one verse, verse nine. So maybe we could split up and then return at the top of the hour. And maybe when we're done reading the verses, again, we could just open to the Christ of life. You know, God desires to give us Christ. So tonight we can pray, Lord, in our being in the word, give us more of yourself. Well, saints, we come to Hebrews chapter 3, and what a lovely chapter it is. What a lovely kind of change we, we experience in this chapter, a kind of a turn after chapter 1 and 2 of Hebrews. In chapter 3 of Hebrews, it starts with the word therefore, uh, linking to what has just gone before. And oh, let me just um, get into to, to this beautiful first verse. These two titles that is given to us. Therefore, holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling. Amen. Holy brothers, partakers of a heavenly calling. So these, these two little titles are so rich. They're so packed, so potent. Um, and Paul, he had to wait until chapter three before he revealed um, these titles concerning us, right? So <clears throat> he first, in chapter one and two, he kind of, he took these told two chapters to explain all the qualifications of Christ. He's the, he's the very God. He's the one through whom everything was made. He's the son of man. He's man. He's the one God has subjected the coming inhabited earth to. He is superior to the angels. Okay, but he's also the high priest and he ministered to us in marvelous ways, which I'll get into just now. And he saved us. Oh, saints, he saved us. And he has called us. So with, with these two phrases, and even just the first phrase, holy brothers, we see the high gospel. I want to diverge slightly. Actually, not diverge. I just want to read a different verse, which I think is kind of fitting. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse um, 9. Okay, 7 to 9. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of cowardice, but of power and of love and of sober-mindedness. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but suffer evil with the gospel according to the power of God. Okay, and the gospel is, um, even though you're suffering, you can still be enjoying the power of God. Okay, verse 9, God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, 
not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the times of the ages. So I just uh, enjoy that verse so much that on the one hand, God called us with a holy calling uh, according to his own purpose. Uh, and before that, before that calling, he saved us. That's 2 Timothy 4 verse 9. And I think that corresponds to these two titles in Hebrews 3.1. So let me just talk about holy brothers. So, um, so before, before Hebrews chapter 1, before, before Christ came to make propitiation for us and all that he did, we were sinners. We were dead in sin and we needed saving. We were dead and we were sinful and we were completely not holy. We were completely natural. We were even uh, in chapter two, it says um, this, verse 15, that we were in the fear of death through all our life and we were held in slavery. So we were prisoners to death. We were captors of death. We were certainly not holy brothers. But thanks to God becoming a man, that's what is in Hebrews chapter one and two, that God became man. He put on humanity. And because he died on the cross to make propitiation for us, that's verse 17. He's a high priest, make propitiation for the sins of the people. And in verse chapter one, verse three or two, he also made propitiation for us. So he saved us from sin. Hallelujah. Amen. And he didn't only save us from sin. He also saved us from death. Because in verse 14 and 15, it says that, uh, Christ became a man. He shared in blood and flesh. He put on humanity, um, partook of the same, that through death he might destroy him who has the might of death, that is the devil, and might release those who, because of the fear of death through all their life, were held in slavery. So he released us from the slavery of death. Amen. He destroyed him who has the might of death. And that's how we could become now um, freed from sin, freed from death. And not only that, he didn't only save us from sin and death, but he saved us to be his brothers. It's in chapter 2, verse 12, uh, verse 11 and 12. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call us brothers. Hallelujah. Because he's sanctifying us. We're in the process of being sanctified. We're not fully sanctified yet, but we are being in the process of being sanctified. We can be called holy brothers in chapter 3, verse 1. And in chapter 2, verse 12, just to kind of finish the, the story of salvation, it says, saying, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the midst of the church, I will sing hymns of praise to you. So we were saved not only to be brothers of the Lord individually or holy brothers being sanctified, but verse 12 in chapter 2 says that the brothers are the church. Right, and, and we know from other writings of Paul that the church is the one new man that fulfills God's purpose. Wow. So we are holy brothers to fulfill God's purpose, thanks to Christ being so rich and so all-inclusive. So, yeah, that's holy brothers. So, saints, um, just in a simple way, this verse, holy brothers, is a gospel message. And, you know... We've heard many times, um, you know, the gospel of we need to believe in Christ so that we can be saved from hell and saved from God's judgment and be forgiven of sins. That's right. But have you heard the gospel or have you preached the gospel that 
We need to believe into Christ, the firstborn son of God, so that we can become his many holy brothers. Amen. Saints, you can call me, uh, you don't need to call me Brother David. You can call me Brother Holy. Amen. I'm, I'm a holy brother. And this is the, one of the, this is the high gospel, that we become just like Christ, just like who's, who's holy in the whole universe? Only God. So for us to be holy brothers means that we become the same nature as God. And I so enjoy that hymn. It's not, it's not by the law of letters. It's not by philosophy. It's not by teaching. It's not by religion. It's not even by the, the gifts and the talents that the Lord gives us that can make us holy brothers. It's by Christ himself, the life-giving spirit who makes us holy brothers so yeah just in a simple sentence we should speak to the the seeking people even those who are really wondering what's the meaning of life what is what am i here on earth for we should speak to them and say well you need to believe in the firstborn son of god he's not just the only born son of god only begotten but he's the firstborn because he has many brothers now and if you believe in him he will make you a holy brother he will make you, even if you're a sister, we can still call you a holy brother because he's making you just like Christ. Amen. So, yeah, this is for God's purpose that we become holy brothers. And it's thanks to Christ saving us from death and from sin and to make us the church that makes us holy brothers. That what a good title. We can all rejoice. You can all say, Hallelujah, I'm a holy brother. Amen. Even if you're a sister, you can say, Hallelujah, I'm a holy brother. Amen. Thanks to Jesus. Oof, this is good. Okay, then the next title, Partakers of a Heavenly Calling. Okay, so let's just read the footnote, and I'll take you through the footnote. It says, um, in verse 1, it says, C note 14, 1. So, first of all, on partakers, okay, so in footnote 14, there's, a, there's another verse here, which says, in chapter 3, verse 14, it says, for we have become partners of Christ. So, the reason why we need to look at this footnote is because partners of Christ, in verse 14, partners there is the same Greek word as partakers in verse 1. We are partakers of a heavenly calling, and we are partners of Christ. So the, the footnote says in Greek, the same word as for partners in chapter 3, verse 1, which says um, we are partakers of a heavenly calling. And in chapter 6, verse 4, which says we are partakers of the heavenly gift and or partakers of the Holy Spirit, sorry, tasters of the heavenly gift and partakers of the Holy Spirit. And in 12, verse 8, um, we are partakers of God's holiness through the spiritual discipline. So in those three places, the meaning, so these three places as partakers of the heavenly calling, of the Holy Spirit, and of the discipline. In those three places, the meaning is that we share in the heavenly calling, share in the Holy Spirit, and share in the discipline. Thus the word is rendered partakers. Amen. So we are sharing in the heavenly calling in chapter 3, verse 9. So later on in chapter 3, verse 14, and in chapter 1, verse 9, it's partners. In chapter 1, verse 9, well, I'll just go and read. The meaning is that we share with Christ. We are partners of Christ. Hence, the word is rendered partners. We are partakers of heavenly, holy, and spiritual things, sharing in the heavenly calling, the Holy Spirit, and the spiritual discipline. 
We are partners of Christ, sharing with him in the spiritual anointing. That's chapter 1, verse 9. He, yeah, he's, an, he's anointed above all his partners. Wow. He's the head, like in Psalm 133, the oil on the head of Aaron, and the oil runs down to the whole garments. We are partners of Christ, sharing his anointing. That's chapter 1, verse 9. And then, um, yeah, and as the members share the same spirit with the head, and sharing with him the heavenly rest, that's what we read, as Caleb shared with Joshua the rest of the good land. So, hallelujah, we are partakers of all kinds of heavenly things, and we are partners of Christ. So, now, the, now we come to the kind of burden of this verse, of this uh, phrase, partakers of a heavenly calling. I'd say the, the burden here is that our, we are partakers of a heavenly calling. Amen. Yes, we've been called with a holy calling, um, but we need to see that the calling with which we have been called is a heavenly calling. All the things of the Jewish calling or of the Jewish um, God's economy in the Old Testament, they were earthly. There was earthly blessings. There was an earthly law and letters. There was an earthly priesthood with Aaron. There was an earthly apostle with Moses. There was earthly sacrifices. There was an earthly tabernacle. Um, it wasn't like Paul said in chapter 1, verse 9, if you're obeying God, um, you expect to, to get some blessings. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 9, he said, suffer evil with me, um, together with the gospel, according to the power of God, since God has saved us and called us with the holy calling. So we are, we are not necessarily blessed um, physically, or on, let's say earthly, of course, God can bless us, and I, I love being blessed by God materially. Um, but, but our calling is not on this age. So, so the burden is that we need to be a river crosser from the earthly to the heavenly. Wow. Those of us who were here in the first um, this Bible study on, on chapter 1, we learned that the word Hebrew means a river crosser. And that God's people need to be river crosses, just like Abraham crossed the river, Noah crossed the flood. We need to cross over from the dark, idolatrous land into the land for God's purpose. We need to cross the baptism water into God's kingdom. We need to cross from the religious things, from the earthly things, into the spiritual and heavenly things with the living Christ. So that's so good. We need to be reminded by Paul to be that we are partakers of a heavenly calling. Okay, so then this footnote is so good. The con it's chapter 3, verse 1, footnote 3, on heavenly. The concept of this book is focused on the heavenly nature of the positive things. First, it points out to us that Christ today is sitting in the heavens. He entered into the heavens. He passed through the heavens and became higher than the heavens. Then this book unfolds to us the heavenly calling in this verse. And the heavenly gift in 6.4. The heavenly things, like the saying, like the heavenly tabernacle. Everything. The heavenly country. We do not seek our own country. We do not seek, we're not happy with the country here or the earth here, um, even if it's an excellent country. Because we're seeking a heavenly country. Amen. And the heavenly Jerusalem. Amen. Also tells us that we are enrolled in the heavens and that God warns us today from the heavens. All the things in the Old Testament that were held by Judaism were of an earthly nature, 
In this book, the writer's intention was to show the Hebrew Christians the contrast between the heavenly nature of the New Testament and the earthly nature of the Old Testament, that they might forsake the earthly things and attach themselves to the heavenly. Amen. So what does it mean to be a partaker of a heavenly calling? It means we forsake the earthly things of religion, of the law of letters, and we attach ourselves to the heavenly high priest, Christ, who has ascended. He sat down in the heavens. I'm just reading again all these points next to the verses. We attach ourselves to Christ who is sitting in the heavens, who has entered in the heavens, who's passed through the heavens and became higher than the heavens. Amen. We attach ourselves to the heavenly calling. We attach ourselves to the heavenly gift and the Holy Spirit. We attach ourselves to the heavenly things. We attach ourselves to the heavenly country. We attach ourselves to the heavenly Jerusalem. And we, are, we attach ourselves to our heavenly citizenship and enrollment. Amen. Can we cross this river? Can we cross it right now? And say, praise the Lord. Amen. Whatever's happening on the earth, I'm enrolled in the heavens. Amen. And I have a heavenly high priest caring for me. Wow. Lord Jesus, thank you. We love you, heavenly Christ. So I hope you are impressed that we are holy brothers. That's the high gospel. By believing in the firstborn, we get saved from sin and death, become part of the church to be holy brothers, divinely holy. And then the second title, partakers of heavenly calling, means we cross the river of the old and religious and earthly things to the heavenly things, attaching ourselves. And now we come to the last bit of this verse. It says, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus. Oh, isn't that good, saints? If we've just had a long day and we've been maybe upset about um, how things worked out on the earth, not according to our desires or something, we can remember, amen, we have, we can just consider, consider Jesus. So if I consider the things that didn't work out, maybe I'll be down. But if I, if this verse says consider, don't consider these earthly things. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus. Consider his inward law, not the, the law of letters that you or Moses wrote. Consider his inward feeling in your heart right now. Consider, consider the high priest of our confession, Jesus. Consider the apostle of our confession, Jesus. So in verse 17, it says that we have a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God. That's of chapter two, sorry. We have a merciful and high, faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God. And then in chapter three, verse two, it says that Christ, Jesus, was faithful to him who constituted him as also Moses was in all his house. So Moses, so Christ was a faithful high priest, and Christ is also just like Moses, who was faithful over God's house. So who's the apostle? Um, the first apostle, the Old Testament apostle in this passage is Moses. And who's the high priest in these passages? Well, the Old Testament version is Aaron. An apostle means a sent one. So God was sent, uh, God sent Moses to accomplish his purpose with the people of Israel, to set them free. So Moses was an apostle, and Moses was faithful to God, okay, who constituted, um, okay, yeah, as Moses was faithful to God in all his house. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take you through the three aspects of Moses in verses two to six and four aspects of Christ. 
So, okay, number one, Moses in verse two was, was um, faithful to care for the house of God and to constitute the house of God with the word of God. That's referring to the Israelites. Um, yeah, so Moses was faithful to care for God's house. Okay, secondly, in verse three, for, okay, Christ has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses by as much as he who built the house has more honor than the house. So in verse three, you see Moses was part of the house. Um, he was part of the house itself. Christ has more glory than Moses because Christ built the house. So in verse three, we just see that Moses is, was basically part of the house and God builds the house. So let's read this footnote in verse three. It says, Moses had the human nature which is fit for God's building, but he did not have the divine nature, which is suitable for being the builder. In contrast, Christ has the divine nature. Um, and Christ in his humanity is the good material for God's building. Okay, so he's the foundation stone in Isaiah 28. He's the cornerstone. Christ is also the top stone and the living stone that produces us as living stones. But he's not only part of the house, in his divinity is also a builder. Amen. Okay. I got carried away a little bit. Uh, I wanted to tell you about the three points of Moses. So Moses, number one in verse two, he was faithful over God's house. And number, and so that was number one. Number two is he is part of the build, building. Okay. Part of God's house. And then the third aspect of Moses in, is in verse five. And says, and Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of the things to be spoken later. So that's the third thing Moses was. He was a servant. And he was not just a servant, but he was a servant for a testimony. That means his being a servant of the house of Israel was a type, was a, 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 a kind of a looking forward to somebody who was going to come later. And that was Christ, the real Moses, or the, the one greater than Moses, according to these verses. So let's, let's talk about how Christ is better than Moses. And, let's, and we can even underline these, verse, these parts of the verses. So first of all, as I mentioned earlier, he is the faithful high priest. That's in chapter 2, verse 17. But in chapter 3, verse 2, he's the faithful apostle. He's the faithful apostle. Before studying this verse, I never realized that Christ is a faithful apostle. And um, let's just read the footnote on there. Chapter uh, 1, verse 4. Oh, sorry, verse 1, footnote 4 on chapter 3. This is so good. What is an apostle? An apostle is the one who was sent to us. Okay. And actually, not a, just an apostle, but the apostle, this capital A apostle, is the one who was sent to us from God and with God. And here's three verses in John, chapter 6, 46, chapter 8, 16, and chapter 8, verse 29, where Jesus said, I am not alone. Even though it looks like I'm alone and I'm doing miracles and things, I'm not alone. I'm not doing it by myself. I am the one whom the Father has sent. And, I have, and he also says, um, the Father who has sent me is with me. Yeah, for I always do the things that's pleasing to him. So 
So he was sent not only from God to do all kinds of good things, but since God is the triune God, Christ was inseparable from the Father. And as he was doing these things, he was bringing God with him. Hallelujah. So saints, he's not just the He's not just the high priest who maybe prays for us, but he's also, as this high priest, he's also an apostle who comes to us with God, comes to us from God. And look, I really enjoy this wording. The high priest is the one who has went back to God from us and with us. We are ascended with Christ. We are resurrected in Christ, Ephesians 2, 6. But as the apostle, it's not about him going to God. It's about Christ coming to us with God to share God with us, that we may partake of his divine life, his divine nature, and his fullness. Amen. You could underline that part of the footnote. It says that as the apostle Christ came to us with God to share God with us, that we may partake of his divine life, nature, and fullness. You can underline that. Wow, what a, what a wonderful apostle we have, a faithful apostle, better than Moses. I'll just finish the footnote. As the high priest Christ went to God with us to present us to God, that we and all our case may be fully cared for by him. That's a propitiation in chapter 2, 17. As the apostle in chapter 3, he is typified by Moses, who came from God to serve the house of God. And as the high priest, he is typified by Aaron, that will be in chapter 4 to 7, who went to God with the house of Israel and their cases. Okay, I need to finish soon. So now I'm just going to share with you four wonderful aspects of Christ. Um, Wonderful aspects. So Christ, he is number one, is he is the faithful apostle. So you can underline the word faithful in verse two. Uh, Jesus, who was faithful to him who constituted him. So you can even add the word apostle there uh, about faithful. He's the faithful apostle. Um, okay, just like Moses was, was faithful to care for God, Christ is a faithful apostle. Then in verse 3, he is counted worthy of more glory and honor than Moses. Okay, so number one, he's faithful. Number two, he's counted worthy of more glory and honor than Moses. And number three, I so enjoyed this. In verse 4, Christ is he who built. Amen. So verse, Christ is he who built. And Christ is also God in verse 4. It's so amazing um, that Jehovah's Witnesses say that Christ is not God. But we've read so many verses already just in these three chapters that say that Christ is God. Amen. He is the Lord. Amen. Just like that psalm says, the Lord said to my Lord. David was writing there. So, um, yeah, whose son, is, whose son is David? David calls him Lord. He is God. He is the, in verse 3, it says, um, just like Christ is counted worthy of more honor and glory than Moses, and he is counted worthy of more honor and glory than Moses, just because in the same way that a builder is counted with, with more honor and glory than the thing that he builds. And then it says that the, 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 the builder is God. But in verse 2 and 3, it's just said that the builder is Christ. Actually, the builder is Jesus, the faithful apostle. So the third point on Christ is that he is the builder as God, God himself. Christ is God himself, and he's the builder. So you can underline, he who builds is God. And then, um, so that's three items of Christ. 
And then the, the fourth one is kind of on another level. This is like third heavens for me. That's in verse um, five and six. Actually, really verse six, I'll just read verse six. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if indeed we hold fast the boldness and the boast of hope firm to the end. So here, he is faithful as a son over his house. So, well, okay. So he is over his house. Whose house are we? What does over his house mean? So we've just read in chapter two that he is the firstborn. He is the, or chapter one. And in, in chapter two, it says in verse 10, he is leading many sons into glory. So he is over his house, leading us into glory. Um, and he is also in that verse, it says he is the author of our salvation or the caption of our salvation. And we are following him. He is the one who is over all God's house. He is the firstborn. He's the captain of salvation. He's the high priest. He's the one who makes propitiation. He's the real God. He's the real man. He's over, over all of us. But it's, I mean, it's actually quite a big thing to say whose house we are. He's over all of us. Over his house means over all of us. So this is a house. It's not a house of bricks. It's a house that's living. And so, yeah, I, I guess I just, the burden here is that he is not the, the faithful apostle to his brothers. Yes, he's sanctifying his brothers individually, but he's the faithful apostle over his house. So here the revelation is that we need to be in the proper church life, in the proper house, in the proper high church life, and in a place where God has rest and satisfaction. And then it's, um, we will experience Christ as the faithful apostle of God to come to us with God, from God, to supply us with his life and nature. Uh, do you see that? It says that Christ was faithful as a son over his house. Christ this apostle is over his house, whose house we are. Amen, saints. Oh, there's, there's a lot of riches here. Um, amen. I think I'm going to hand over to Brother Hector. Oh, but just one sentence before I move on. Is that all these things that Christ is, he's faithful, he's a servant of God's house, he's an apostle, he's a high priest, bringing God to us, bringing us to God. All these things we also become as his partners. And the way we become like that is because he is serving us first. We serve because he first served us. Just like in First John it says, we love because he first loved us. So, wow, let's enjoy this faithful apostle um, who's ministering God to us in his house, the proper church life. Let's enjoy um, us being holy brothers and partakers of a heavenly calling, crossing the river. Amen. Are you ready, Brother Hector? Amen. Holy brother, brother uh, holy. <laughs> amen. That's that was that was very good. Um, I hope my uh, internet connection is not uh, failing me because um, can you saints hear me properly? You could just uh, a thumbs up is sufficient. Okay. 
so okay, okay, then excellent. Okay, wow, amen. So uh, as as we have um, as we have been covering the book of Hebrews, just a quick reminder that the book of Hebrews is a book on comparisons. If we ever want to plunge into the depths of the book, we need to realize that the book has a lot to do with comparing. What is it comparing? It is comparing the Old Testament uh, 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 Jewish um, uh, uh, religion versus the New Testament economy of God. So thus far, we have seen that Christ, who is the center of God's economy in the New Testament, he is better. That's a comparison. No matter which aspect of Christ you look at, you will realize nothing in Judaism matches him. Actually, not only Judaism, but in anything, in any form of um, religion we could make. You know, we may, we may not have been in Judaism, but we may have been, I don't know, I may have been in a Hectorism. Um, but, but, but Christ, in, as the center of God's economy, he is better. So, so the charge in the book of Hebrews is that we need to make a crossing over. We need, to, we need to exit out of whatever we were into Christ, the center of God's economy. And this time we came to the matter of Moses. Uh, this is another pillar of Judaism. Uh, Moses was a very important figure in, uh, in Judaism because Moses was an apostle. According to Acts, uh, actually Moses prophesied that God would, among the children of Israel, raise up another apostle just like him. So Moses was an Old Testament apostle. Um, so who, as Brother David has shared, that the New Testament apostle is Christ. Christ. The apostle is one who goes from God to his people, to God's people. Uh, in the Old Testament, Moses met with God um, behind the mountain, and God infused Moses with a burden concerning his people. So Moses went from God to God's people in Egypt. What did Moses do when he reached God's people? Well, he brought God to them. He brought God's burden. He brought God's vision. He brought God's word. And moreover, Moses brought God's purpose to his people. So when Moses came to God's people, he infused them with what was on the Lord's heart, that they would, be, they would cross over from Egypt and go all kinds of uh, bodies of water, all kinds of hindrances in order to enter the good land. And in the good land, they would build the temple of God. So, so this, is, this is who we need to consider. Today, brothers and sisters, we have a New Testament apostle. You know, um, the Christ whom God has given us not only is saving us out of Egypt, but this Christ has a burden from God, the burden of entering into the good land and the burden of 
building the temple in the good land. So, so those two things, it's, it's not a small thing, you know, um, for us to realize that there is this aspect of Christ. If you had asked me to list all the uh, designations of Christ, I would not have gotten to apostle. I would have said savior, comforter, peacemaker. But in the book of Hebrews, Christ is one who is coming from God to God's people with the goal of bringing people into God's heart's desire. Oh, Lord Jesus, I hope we, we would experience Christ in this aspect. Lord, bring me out of everything. I, it doesn't matter what it is, good or bad. I, I don't care. You have called me with a heavenly calling. Today, Lord, you are leading me into glory, which means the building. That's what glory is. You know, um, in the Old Testament, once, once the house was built, once the temple was built, if you look at 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 11, you will see that when the house was built, the glory of the Lord, oh, it, it filled that temple. Wow. It, oh, Lord, I encourage you to go read that, that, that section. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's just, I would, I would even say it's better than creation. Because for the first time, God's uh, desire was fulfilled in, in type. You know, God desired to have an expression. God desired to have a representation on the earth. So in the, in, the, in the children of Israel entering the good land, defeating the enemies, and also building the temple, the house of God, God could, okay, I'm, I'm anticipating, but God could rest. Um, okay. Oh, Lord Jesus. I, I hope we would, you know, today learn to appreciate the Lord Jesus as the better apostle, as one who is superior to Moses. Um, oh, Lord Jesus, bring us into the heart's desire of God. So this is who the Lord as the apostle is. And uh, so as Brother David mentioned that as an apostle, Moses was faithful in all the house. However, Christ is faithful over all God's house. We see here that Moses at best could be part of the house. Uh, that is Moses, uh, although he was a faithful apostle, he could be part of the house. Yes, he had the necessary element. He had the humanity for the building of God's house, but he didn't have the divinity to build he didn't have the capacity to build. Brothers and sisters, today, our apostle is Christ. He's not only human, having the proper element, but he's also divine, having the capacity to build. Wow. Oh, Lord Jesus. You know, uh, we, we need to enjoy such a Christ. We need to enjoy him. We need to Use the, uh, using the words of Hebrew, of the book of Hebrews, we need to partake 
enjoy him. Um, when we enjoy this Christ, uh, this Christ makes us the house. Um, but the more we enjoy him, uh, we get brought into a different experience, a higher experience. Maybe that's better. That's, that's a better way to put it, is that we not only become partakers of Christ, but we also become partners, partners. Brothers and sisters, did you realize you are not only a, uh, a believer in Christ or one who is saved by Christ? Actually, today, the Lord needs not only partakers, but he needs partners. According to God's arrangement, Christ has been appointed to carry out God's economy, to carry out what is on the Lord's, what is on God's uh, heart, which is to build him a house and to represent his authority, that is bringing his kingdom. But God, in his wisdom, did not want just Christ alone to do this. You know, um, God wanted Christ to have many partners, many partners. Uh, today, according to Hebrews 3, uh, verse 14, I I'd like to read this verse for us again. For we have become partners of Christ. You know, on the one hand, Brother David said, we, we are holy brothers. And I say amen to that. We're, we're holy brothers. Um, yet on the, other, on the other hand, this verse shows us that we are also partners. Partners. In God's big divine enterprise, Christ has been given the responsibility of executing what's on God's heart. But God does not want the singular Christ, the one man, to carry out what is on his heart. But he needs partners. Oh, Lord Jesus, I hope we would have this kind of realization. You know, when, when, when the Lord was appointed and anointed, we were anointed too. You, you may not believe me, but uh, in Psalm 133, there, there is a picture of Aaron who, uh, where the oil is poured upon his head. But the oil uh, uh, runs down, covering all the members of Aaron's physical body. Well, brothers and sisters, when Christ was anointed to carry out God's economy, Guess what? You and I, as members of Christ's body, we are also anointed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, we're not only saved ones, um, we are also partners. And I really appreciate this. We are not um, in God's house. We're not employees. In, the, in God's enterprise, we are not employees. We are partners. We, we, we are sharing in the same goal as God. Oh, Lord Jesus. I, I hope we would have this kind of a, a sense. The Lord would give us such a sense that 
you know, in the church life, we don't just go to meetings. You know, we, we, we have a, this, in a sense, quote, quote, this is our business. The church life is our business. You know, we need to care for the church, the house of God. Oh, Lord. You know, we, we're, not, we're not hired, but we are partners. We have been anointed together with Christ for the building up of God's house. Um, and in a small way, I was considering, you know, uh, Lord, how can we cooperate with you to be for you to, to reach the goal? Yes, on the one hand, you are leading me to glory. That's you as the captain. Uh, you know, you are leading. Um, but on the other hand, Lord, you need partners. Brothers and sisters, consider if we, if we consider the next section of the book of Hebrews from verses 7 to verse 19, actually all the way to, to uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 7, to chapter 4, verse 16, I believe. Um, yes, uh, sorry, 13. That section of the word refers to um, God's people entering the good land. Now consider this, Christ is our forerunner. He is our captain who's leading us into glory. This picture, this kind of leading, Christ leading us into glory is seen earlier in the Old Testament with, with uh, um, Joshua. You know, Moses did not bring the children of Israel into the good land, but Joshua did. So the New Testament Joshua is Christ. Jesus is Jehovah our Savior. You know, that, that, that's Joshua in, in Hebrew, in the language, the Hebrew language. Um, so my point is, would you consider this? Suppose Joshua uh, was entered the good land alone. Would there be glory? Would there be, would there be honor? Just consider. Suppose Joshua showed up at the, at the, at the, at the border of the good land and say, uh, the, the almighty God, the one who created the heavens, uh, has charged me to, to take over the good land. Just consider, would, would there be glory? In the same way, brothers and sisters, God has ordained that not just the individual Christ would be the one who enters the good land. Today, God has ordained that Christ would have many partners. We're not only partakers of Christ, but we need, uh, we are also partners in the same way that Caleb was a partner to Joshua. Oh, may we be today's Caleb's to cooperate with Christ to take the good land for God's building. Oh, Lord Jesus. I, I, I hope we, this, this picture is, is very, very uh, helpful to us today that in the church life, you know, we need to have a realization um, that yes, we may go to a meeting, but actually this meeting is our meeting. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to come to a meeting. This is our meeting. You know, the, the, the saints that we are in contact with, that the Lord has sovereignly arranged to be in contact with us, 
who's to take care of them? Who's to, who's to cooperate with the Lord in order to, to build the house? We need to be those who are partners of Christ. You know, um, you know uh, it's, it's very easy for us. Uh, I, I will just say something small. Many a time, it's easy to just say, I'll just go to a meeting and, and sit, you know. Um, but brothers, we need to realize, brothers and sisters, we need to realize that actually we need to be laboring with the Lord. As he's, as he's cutting the way, the captain of our salvation headed for the good land, we need to be those who cooperate with him. Lord, I want to be one with you in the building up. It's quite significant that the Lord says in Matthew 16, I will build my church. We might say, okay, you are the Christ. You've been anointed, so do it. But if you go to 1 Corinthians 14, it says, he who prophesies builds up the church. You see this? In Matthew 16, we see the captain going ahead. But in 1 Corinthians 14, he who prophesies, what we see there are the partners of Christ. Oh, it's not a small thing, brothers and sisters, for us to weekly, day by day, partake of Christ, partake. Then when we come together, we can be partners. You see this? Day by day, Monday, I don't know, uh, we're, we, all the day, we are partaking of Christ, enjoying this apostle, receiving all that he has brought from God. But then when we come together for the building of the church, we become partners. Oh, I, I hope we have this this vision that on the one hand, we need to enjoy the Lord. On the other hand, we need to cooperate with him. Oh, Lord Jesus, may we be those who realize that we are partners with Christ. As the, uh, as, uh, as the one who builds the house of God. Hallelujah. Um, for this, because of time, I, I think, um, I think uh, we, we should... Uh, we should uh, we could stop here, and then, uh, unfortunately, the next section is just we'll, well, our time will not allow us to get into. But in the next section, we will see the matter of entering. You know, the as the Lord is 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 in order for Him to build a house, He needs a realm, He needs a place, and this place is the good land. Next time we will get into more uh, onto that aspect uh, of, of, of cooperating with the Lord. Okay, maybe I'll stop here and we will have, uh, we will have Usain's uh, overflow.